Welcome to another exciting podcast of the decline and fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond. Today we have a fascinating subject for discussion. We're going to be looking at and talking about how so many colleges have closed in the last 20 years and why that has happened. In fact, 861 colleges and 9,499 campuses, college campuses, have closed forever since 2004. And many times the students are left without any easy transfer options and they are forced to drop out of college. So this is absolutely a crisis in higher education. No other way to say it. Why are all these colleges, universities, and campuses closing down? Why is it happening in the last 20 years? Well, let's take a close look at this. Let's take a deep dive into it, and let's take a peek and see whether or not this is yet another indicator of the decline and fall of America. So the article that I'm going to discuss today is in the Hetchinger Report. Let me spell that, H-E-C-H-I-N-G-E-R, and then the word report. This is a recently written article, came out in November of last year. And so let me read it to you. The title of it is, quote, 861 colleges and 9,499 campuses have closed down since 2004. That's the title of the article. And I'm not going to read all of it, but I will read some of this article and let's see what we think about it. So this is from the Hetchinger Report, quote, Despite high-profile stories about the closing of small liberal arts colleges, such as California's Mills College and Vermont's Green Mountain College, college closures have, have been slightly declining in the past five years, but the numbers are spiking again as the declining United States birth rates are soon translating into fewer graduating high school seniors, especially after 2025. Quote, First, the numbers. 35 colleges and universities shut down forever in 2021. And then in 2016, a peak of 120 colleges shuttered, according to an analysis of federal data by the State Higher Education Executive Officers Association. For-profit operators of colleges ran more than 80% of the 861 institutions that ceased operations between 2004 and 2021. For perspective, the number of closures over the past 18 years represents almost 15% of the 5,860 colleges and universities that remain in operation. Let me repeat that phrase from this article. That's an important point. Basically, what they're saying is 15% of all colleges and universities in the United States have closed down forever in the last 20 years. Let me read you that sentence again. Quote, for perspective, the number of closures over the past 18 years represents almost 15% of the 5,860 colleges and universities that remain in operation. Quote, many have closed their doors in recent years, and many more may do so in the years to come, said Doug Shapiro, the executive director of the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center, which collaborated with SHEEO to track what happens when students have their colleges shut down. Higher education administrators point out that it's equally important to monitor individual campus closures. 
because the closure of a campus branch can also leave students without good nearby options for completing their degrees, even if the parent institution is still operating branches elsewhere. And the number of these campus closures, that is college campus closures, is 11 times larger. Almost 9,500 college campuses closed forever between 2004 and 2021. Roughly 500 were closed because of a merger or a consolidation with another college. These campuses don't always shut down physically, but the students aren't necessarily able to continue their previous studies there. The remaining 8,986 branch campus closures occurred at 2,011 different institutions. Most of them continued to operate some campuses at other locations. Very few, if any, of these closures took place at any public colleges or universities. Of course, one big exception was when Purdue University... It shut down four college campuses after it purchased the for-profit Kaplan University in 2018 and converted it into a public four-year university called Purdue Global. Most other public closures are smaller ones, such as the closure of a teacher training site at a local elementary school. Closures happen for many reasons, but generally involving decline in student enrollment, which leads to diminishing tuition dollars, a main source of revenue for many colleges, weak finances that have cut off for-profit institutions from the federal student loan program, and then suddenly that prevents students from obtaining subsidized student loans to pay for their private tuition bills. And many small liberal arts colleges have struggled altogether to attract students. The consequences for the students at these shuttered campuses are enormous. Fewer than half of the students ever re-enroll in college. Let me read that sentence from this article again. That's an important point. The consequences for students at these shuttered campuses are enormous. Fewer than half of them ever re-enroll in college, according to a November 2022 report by the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center. It's a fascinating topic, isn't it? You don't hear this discussed anywhere, do you? Quote, The two organizations collaborated on a research project. They tracked 143,000 students at 467 campuses in America that have closed down between 2004 and 2020. As of February 2022, only about one-third of the 47% of students who did succeed in transferring to another campus even completed a degree or a a credential. More than 60% of the students at the shuttered campus became college dropouts, adding to a large pool of United States adults who have student loans but who do not have a college degree. Quote, their school's closing effectively closes the door on the student's educational dreams, said Shapiro. It is a serious hardship for the students. And after a campus closure, the students often have to apply as transfer students to a new institution. Shapiro explains that it's difficult for the students to find a college that will accept all of the credits they've already earned. It's even more challenging to find a college with a similar degree program or major without having to start all over again with new prerequisites. Rachel Burns, the senior policy analyst, is urging state regulators to make sure all colleges have contingency plans known as teach-out plans in place so that students are automatically transferred with all of their accumulated credits to another institution. That's going to be even more important as SHEEO predicts a sharp decline in student enrollments and tuition revenues in the years ahead, unquote. Well, there you have it. I mean, it's absolutely shocking, isn't it? When you think about how many campuses have closed in the last 20 years. According to this article, 
15% of all colleges and universities have shut down forever in the United States in the last 20 years, which amounts to 861 colleges and 9,499 college campuses. That's just in the last 20 years. So let's think about that. What does that mean to America? Well, if each of those college campuses has hundreds of employees, some of them have thousands of employees, if each of them has hundreds of students, most of them probably have thousands of students, you can just imagine the problems and the dislocations that this causes, not just for the employees and the students, but for the local communities. These are people, the students find out, that their college course credits that they've already paid for and worked and earned and spent years uh, obtaining can't transfer to other colleges or universities or the new universities and colleges pick and choose which courses they're willing to give credit for. So you might have gone to college for three years. You're one year short of graduating. Your college shuts down. You don't have much advance notice. You go apply to a local college and you find out they'll only take a third of your college credits and give you credit for it. And the other two years are wasted. They give you no credit for it at all. You've paid for them. You've taken the classes. You get nothing for it. You already have the student debt. You have a lot of student debt. Americans are trillions of dollars in college debt. And, but in this situation, the students don't have a degree. And now they're back like it's a sophomore. They've put three years into college, and they all of a sudden they've lost two out of three of the years that they put in. For them to graduate with the degree, it might take them another three, possibly four years. This is what's happening all across the United States. And what does this mean for those faculty members? Some are tenured, some are not. What does it mean for the administrators? Well, they lose their jobs. They lose their jobs. They've worked their whole careers. Some of them have PhDs. Maybe they have a master's degree. Some of them have worked really hard. You know, They've dedicated their lives to these institutions. And all of a sudden, there is no more institution. It's gone. And what does that mean for people in college that wanted to go into academia, people that are currently studying for their PhDs and they wanted to become college professors. And listen, to get that far, you have four years of undergrad and you have two years of a master's degree and five years of a PhD. And then right when you're about to graduate, you find out that all these colleges and universities are closing. And I believe the statistic is that only one in 10 people with PhDs even end up in academia anymore because there's no jobs. Well, there's no jobs because the universities and colleges are closing down. And what does that mean for future students, your children and grad student, when they're trying to get, you know, our population is growing, but you just saw it, the number of colleges and universities has decreased by 15%. Now, granted, in that same time period, there have been colleges that have opened up. So... It's not all doom and gloom. I'm sure there are some new universities and colleges. But listen, if 15% of universities, that's almost 1%, are closing every year, if you do the math on that, what that means is over the next 100 years, almost 100% of universities and colleges are going to close. Granted, some will open, but not that many. So what does that mean about future generations trying to get into college and universities, especially when people are applying from all over the world now to go there? So what does that mean for you, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your neighbors, your community? What does this mean? At a time when Americans need more education than ever before, I mean, isn't everything getting more complicated? Aren't computers taking over absolutely everything? What used to be simple is now complex. Not everyone needs a college degree, but some people do. Look how expensive it has become. Look how costly it has become. Look at the student debt load. And now look at the fact that even if you go and you make all the right moves and you get into college and you get good grades, that after two or three years, if your college shuts down and you haven't graduated yet, you're screwed. You're out of luck. 
because a lot of other colleges aren't going to take those credits and transfer. That's what the article shows. You might have to start back all over again, except for this time, you've got all that student debt, and you're only eligible for federal student loans for a certain number of years. They don't lend you money indefinitely, and when they see you've gone to one college for three years and the next for four more, you might get cut off, or worse yet, you might end up with seven years of college debt to get an undergraduate degree. So this is the situation we're facing. It's not healthy. I mean, there's no, it's out of balance. It's out of whack. It's not working. Now, you can say that some colleges deserve to close, and that would be true. I mean, let's face it, liberal arts has existed for about 100 years. 100 years that degree has existed, and for the first 50 of those years, it served a valid purpose. But our economy has changed. Technology has changed. And a lot of employers don't want to hire people with liberal arts degrees. You may like it, you may not, but that's the fact. So a lot of people are trying to get you know, college degrees in STEM fields so that they can be employed. STEM meaning, you know, engineering, mathematics, computers, education, you know, technology, medicine, those fields. So because when they graduate, they feel confident they can get a good paying job. Employers will want to hire them. Well, that's no longer true of liberal arts majors. So you go to college, you graduate with a liberal arts degree, and you end up at the bottom of the heap. So a lot of people don't want to sign up for a liberal arts degree, and a lot of old liberal arts colleges didn't change. They should have changed. They should have started offering the new degrees. They should have phased out the liberal arts programs or offered it as a joint degree, but they didn't. The faculty refused to change. The administrators refused to change. And if you don't change to match the economy, sooner or later you're going to close down. And there's a lot of old religious colleges, and they didn't change either. You know, they're turning out people with degrees in religious studies. A degree in religious studies does not mean that you are a priest or a minister or a rabbi. That's not what it means doesn't qualify you to do any of it. It's not a seminary. It's not, it's not a theological school. It is just a college that gives you a degree in religious studies, and a lot of them do. So these were colleges, many of them formed in the 19th century around religious organizations, churches, and the like. They didn't change. So over the last 100, 150 years that they've been open, they just offered the same thing over and over again. The faculty refused to change. The administration refused to change. And eventually people realized if I get a degree in religious studies, I can't get a job when I graduate. So there's not a lot of demand. And those institutions probably should close down, just like liberal arts colleges, because they refuse to change with the times. But then there's others. There's other colleges that have just simply, you know, they were too small. They didn't get enough students. They didn't have enough pull. And without enough students, they don't have enough tuition revenue. And their debts grew over the years. And their alumni didn't give back to them. And well, all that debt without having an endowment, and they closed down. So for financial reasons, they closed down. And, you know, that can be a tragedy. Even if they tried to change, even if they did change, they just don't have enough students to make it viable. And they're closing down. I mean, this is a ton of colleges and universities closing down. Now the question is, what do the students do? How do you know if your college or university is going to be there? I mean, you apply in your between your junior and senior year of high school, for most people. And you don't graduate until five years later, right? You have to finish your year of high school and then four years of college. How do you know if that college or university is going to be around for five years? How many parents take the time to check the financial data sheets of the institutions where they're sending their own children? So let's take a look at this, folks. Let's think about this long and hard. You know, this is a crisis in higher education, and it affects all of us. It affects absolutely everyone. This is wide-scale dislocation because an entire industry is floundering. Well, most of our industries are floundering. 
We'll talk about that on future podcasts. I ask you, is this not another sign, a clear sign, of the decline and fall of America? I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the Foggy Mountain Studios and the Great Misty Beyond, wishing you a great day.